Welcome to Legislative Breakdown. It's a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Gary Moncrief, Boise State University political science professor. He spends all his spare time studying legislatures around the country, including Idaho's. And in this podcast, we break down the Idaho legislature. We find out what's happening. We drill down into the why and the how and how it all affects you. And the legislature uh, has started its first week. We are wrapping up the first full week of the 2018 session. And honestly, not much goes on uh, in the first week, except for the governor's state of the state speech. Um, And Gary, what is happening in the legislature this week? Well, Samantha, you're right. It looks like there's not much going on, but there's actually quite a bit going on kind of under the surface. And most of that involves the appropriations process and the revenue and budget components. So uh, aside from the governor's state of the state address and his budget message, uh, what's going on this week is the Revenue Projection Committee, essentially. The official name is the Joint Economic Outlook and Revenue Assessment Committee. And what they're doing is determining what the legislature thinks the revenue will look like for this year. Again, we have that from the governor uh, in his budget message. He makes a revenue projection. The legislature does its own independent of the governor. And this is one of the things that I think is very important for people to understand in Idaho is that the legislative budget process in Idaho is actually a fairly independent process. In many states, the state legislature pretty much goes along with what the governor wants to do in regard to the budget. They basically accept the governor's numbers. Idaho has, has for a long time uh, basically had a rather independent legislative budget process. They have their own staff. They crunch their own numbers. They sometimes agree and sometimes don't agree with what the governor has in mind, both in terms of the revenue projections and the way the budget ought to look. So the legislature in Idaho is a fairly independent budget maker compared to the governor in, in the state. The other thing that happens early in the session is that the Joint Finance and Appropriation Committee, the, essentially the budget-setting group, they have to deal not, start dealing not only with making their projections and their recommendations for next year, the fiscal year beginning July 1st, 2018, but they have to clean up whatever errors or whatever shortfalls or emergencies have occurred in this year's budget. So we're in the backside of the fiscal year 18 budget right now, and there's always something that happens. Uh, And so what's going on with JFAC is they're really looking at cleaning up this year's budget before they go on to setting next year's budget. And this is the way it works every budget cycle in Idaho. And we thought we might take a closer look at, uh, at JFAC, the Joint Finance and Appropriations Committee this week. And so that's what we're going to do here on Legislative Breakdown. It's our pleasure to have uh, Representative Maxine Bell with us today. Um, And Representative Bell is going to talk to us about the budget process in Idaho. And I can think of no one who's better qualified than uh, Maxine Bell to do that. Uh, She was born in uh, Logan, Utah, but she lived almost an entire life, I believe, in Jerome. Correct. Uh, She and her husband uh, farmed as a primary occupation. Mm -hmm. But uh, Maxine Bell was also a school librarian at the high school or junior high? At at the junior high. At the junior Mm -hmm. high school in Jerome. Mm -hmm. But she retired from that position in order to run for the legislature 30 years ago, 1988. Mm -hmm. And she has been co-chair now of 
the Joint Finance and Appropriation Committee since 2001. Interestingly enough, on the House Appropriation Committee, which is part of JFAC, there have been only three chairs of that committee now in about 37 or 38 years. Kitty uh, Guernsey was chair of the House Appropriations Committee starting in 1981, so she was there for 16 years. And then Bob Geddes was the chair for four years, and now Maxine Bell has been there for 18 years. So if you think about it, we have put the state budget largely in the hands of very frugal and intelligent women in the last 38 Mm -hmm. years in Idaho. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, Maxine, uh, as we get started, we talk about JFAC, Joint Finance and Appropriations Committee, all the time, I think, in the Mm -hmm. news business. And I think everybody uh, uses that term, JFAC. But can you tell us exactly what JFAC is and what you do on JFAC? You You know, I've always been troubled by the way we use acronyms. It makes us seem like we're smarter than anybody else and we're speaking in some secret language. But this particular acronym makes a very transparent, clear, concise budgeting process because you have 10 people from the Senate and 10 people from the House. So that's the J. It's a joint budget finance committee. And we blend together, and my co-chair and I take turns chairing, and they all work together. Then when those budgets are completed and set, uh, we send one to the House and one to the Senate back and forth. Now, we have buy-in from the policy committees, but we don't break that budget up into bits and pieces like many states do and have a policy committee put a piece together and then try and meld it with another committee. And there are perhaps some people that assume that, that there ought to be a little bit more give and take out there. But when you get through, that budget is balanced. It's clean. It's structurally balanced. And it's my hope that when we leave town, those people who we are responsible for and have then the opportunity to run our education system and, and fix our highways and keep our prisoners locked up. They have the resources necessary because we budget 18 months out. We're only here three, you can hope. And then they're left with, with the product that we produce. Very good. That is awesome. You explained it perfectly. <laughs> so um, one of the other things that's interesting about JFAC is – It is by far the hardest working committee, not that other committees don't work hard, but the the workload and the time commitment to be on the Joint Finance Appropriation Committee is really quite substantial. I don't think most most citizens in Idaho really understand that. You guys go into session basically on the first or second day of the the legislative session, and you uh, meet every day at 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock, and then as we finish the hearings— we get to the point where we start putting those budgets to dollars, uh, we start at 7. And we stay until 11, till we have to go on the floor. And there's just no way otherwise to get out of here the end of March, 1st of April, no. without make, us doing it. That's right. And let, uh, let's make sure people mm-hmm. understand, when you say you start at 7, you're talking about 7 a.m. It, 7 a.m. <laughs> and, and basically, I, my analyst, I have to tell you, we have 10 analysts 
a couple of them have law degrees. Now, can you imagine they could be out in the real world uh, making a fortune? I assume that's what lawyers do. But no, there they are crunching numbers for me and reading the code and making sure I don't mess up because I, they know, you know, I'm a citizen, a citizen legislature. And a lot of us are not not as educated as, well, we all learn from each other, but a lot of us didn't come in there with any degree of ability in everything. They're looking for places where we can justify the core responsibilities that we need to do and not put ourselves in jeopardy. I, I don't know what is out there 18 months. The pundits can tell me that we're going up. And things look terrific. We've added 200,000 people to the state of Idaho. But some of those people were not as nice as we would have liked. (laughs) And many of them brought their cute little children with them. So suddenly you have crowded schools more so. And the prisons now are beginning to, there's a tick up there. They're beginning to worry about enough bed space. So there are things that come with growth. And we, we just try to stay on top of that, but it's impossible to, to see everything you need to see. Maxine, you're retiring at the end of this year after 15 terms in the legislature. And we found out that your co-chair in JFAC, Sean Keogh, is also retiring. That's a pretty big change for the budget committee. I didn't know that my co-chair was retiring till I, till I read it. Yeah, wow. And I was so sorry. Now, I feel just a little guilty because not everybody should be there for 30 years, and the people have been so generous and so patient with me. And I know there's people in my area that would do a fine job, and and they'd like to, but they've not bumped me about it. So when my co-chair, Dean Cameron, Mm -hmm. quit, I I was stunned and I stayed because Sean came in new. And I thought maybe this older, heavier lady could help her <laughs> along. She's a sweet little blonde, and I thought maybe she needed my expertise there. I, but I love working with her. I'm just beginning to think that maybe my husband would like me home now. He's allowed me to be gone every winter for 30 years when when he could have been in Arizona or someplace. And <laughs> And, and then I know the good people that, who have said to me, let me know when you decide to quit. I'd, I'd like to think about it. And, and that would be a fresh look at things and a fresh view. And, and that's, that's the way it should be. A citizen legislature, we're not anointed. We're not even appointed. And I've never had a strong race against me. And people have been so generous. And I, so... I, too, am concerned about that. Do you have any advice after 15 terms in the legislature or anything you want to leave us with? It's amazing how a citizen can come to a state and serve the people and and how gracious they are. I remember when I ran, I felt like that little puppy that caught the car. I didn't know what to do with it because I frankly was stunned that I ran. And then I remember my mother was uh, with me one day and she was kind of getting a little dementia and my mail was coming in, the honorable. 
And I said to mom, I said, look at this. They're calling me honorable. And she looked at me and she said, well, why would they call you honorable? (laughs) And I have never forgotten that. Never. And she's gone. But I thought, yeah, you know, mom, this time, was there anything that they wouldn't call me honorable? And of course, it's a very polite place to work, Samantha. Maybe you noticed that. If I stand up on the floor, I'm the lady from 25. I'm not Representative Bell. You keep names out of it. There's decorum in your dress. There's decorum in your speech. I've been there many, many years. I've never had anybody be offensive. And I can remember very few times when somebody's had to be gaveled. And I think that permeates everything you do. So why would you not? treat those people who work there all the time the same way because because there's a reason for those services. Uh, because there are people who only want to be safe. There are people who only want their children to have a better education than they did. And there are people who don't want potholes. And they're at my mercy. And so I think about them all the time, and then I think about the people who are charged with doing the jobs that we leave them to do. Well, it's um, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch you in the legislature. I Thank know you. the people, uh, the people of Magic Valley appreciate your service, and I hope the people in the entire state of Idaho appreciate you. Thank you, your you so much. You know, I remember first getting on the budget committee and and Kitty Guernsey. She was frightening to me, and I'd look up at her and I'd think, how does she know all of that? And then I decided I'm going to know what she knows because she could pop those answers out. Well, I did find out how to do that, how to learn and how to listen. But I remember one time she said to me, it just seems to me you like cows better than you like women when you budget. And, and I, I can remember that because where I live, we have more cows. But, but I don't like them better. <laughs> but I do think, I do think that, that they're valuable. And women are, too. And, and I learned a lot from Kitty Guernsey. And, and the people I've worked with all along the way, everybody made me more intelligent in what I needed to be and more learned in what I needed to be and more humble in what I found out I didn't know. It's just been a wonderful, a wonderful time for me. I don't know next year what I'm going to do except perhaps shed a tear. Maxine, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. And this has been Legislative Breakdown, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with BSU political science professor Gary Moncrief. Our original music comes from local artist and composer Will Hall of the band's New Dude and Like of the Dog. Thanks to Lacey Daly, our digital content coordinator. Be sure to tune in every Friday to Legislative Breakdown as we break down the 2018 Idaho legislative session. Remember, it's your legislature. And thanks for listening.